Welcome to Real FM Rewind. Here's some highlights from the week. It's easy when you're driving down the highway to daydream a bit, right? Maybe not pay super close attention to your surroundings, just the boring old highway. And then you look over and see a car driving down the highway with a giant bull sticking out of the front of the car riding shotgun. I think I would have thought I was going crazy if I saw that. But it's true, a man was pulled over when a call was made that there was a car driving down the highway with a massive bull, horns and all, sticking out of the car. It is crazy, if I didn't see the pictures for myself, I don't know if I would have believed this. This just convinces me life is stranger than fiction and reminds me I should probably pay more attention when I'm driving. Kara, do you remember a couple weeks ago when I was talking about how fast food restaurants need to learn how to stay in their lane? <laughs> I do remember. <laughs> right, because everyone wants to be everybody else. I know. For some reason. Yeah. Right, but you think about like the most successful brands that we know of. Yeah. They're really known for like one key thing, it's right? It's so true. And yet companies don't seem to get that. No. So part two today. <laughs> oh boy. Because I saw that uh, Taco Bell. Oh no. Which is one of the worst offenders in this it category. It really is. They are now offering gelato. What? Mountain Dew Baja Blast no. gelato. Oh no. <laughs> Just no. <laughs> Baja Blast gelato. I know. I'm like, what do you even What do you even say about say this? About, yeah. yeah, like gelato feels like kind of this like classy fancy fancy high-end ice cream that should not be in the same sentence with Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew Baja <laughs> Blast Taco Bell. Like none of these none words of these fit things. together. No, they do not. Scout the dog was in a shelter for quite some time, and he realized he didn't need to wait for someone to adopt him. He was just going to go get it himself. And I love that go get it determination that he had. He happened to escape his shelter. Not once, not twice, but three times. He scaled a 10-foot chain link fence, a 6-foot solid privacy fence, crossed a busy highway to find a nursing home, get through the front door undetected, and curl up on the couch. And that's right, he did that three times before finally the nursing home caught the hint. The attendant at the nursing home was like, you know, I think this is a sign. I think this is where he's meant to be. And it turned out to be a valuable, actually a priceless addition to the nursing home as many of the tenants living there really love his company. You know, it's just so sweet. He's able to help them feel less lonely, especially the patients suffering from dementia, Alzheimer's, and those kinds of things. He just brings this comfort to the nursing home, and now he's got his forever home. I love that go-get-it determination in Scout. This weekend, Anson, my husband and I made a trip up to Nebraska, visited my niece and nephews, and was reminded once again that they grew up so fast. Mm. Uh, the first night we were there, we actually got to see my uh, one of my nephews play football. He is old enough to do that, and <laughs> sadly, he is taller than me now oh. and has many, many big muscles. From... <laughs> looks like a football yeah, player. Yeah, he looks like a football player, yeah. and I'm just like, this is not right. <laughs> I remember when you were teeny tiny, yeah. and I could pick you up, and I mm-hmm. don't know what to do with this information. <laughs> my other, my niece is about 11 and a half, and so she's also getting taller. 
and uh, she's also like starting to act like a teenager. Uh, <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. I love you so much, but like, oh, you're a teenager already. <laughs> and then my youngest nephew is about uh, nine. He's really sweet. And I, I could see that he had grown up because when he gave me a ride in the go-kart this time, he said, now, how fast would you like to go? Oh. I can go <laughs> this slow. I can go this fast. I, I was like, he asked me. It's so, look at Aww. all of them. They grow up so fast. <laughs> What would you do if you won $100,000 in the lottery? That's a lot of money. Zoe here with you on Real FM, and earlier I shared a story about Mark and Kathleen, who won that in the lottery, and I loved what they decided to do with it. They decided that they were going to use the money to help renovate their home so they could foster kids. Such a, such a good story. Loved that. And it got me thinking, you know, what would I do if I won $100,000 in the lottery? And I'm going to be honest, kind of some selfish things. I might buy a house, you know, get rid of all my student debt, maybe help put my siblings through college, things like that. Maybe take a vacation, go traveling a bit. My first instinct would not be to pour it back into the community or pour it back into others. So I just love that that's what Mark and Kathleen's first instinct was, you know, and a little reminder for myself that I should think about others maybe before thinking about myself even though this is a purely hypothetical scenario i very much doubt that is going to land on my lap anytime soon but you never know it's been a while since we've had a dream job alert anson there are a couple of things in life that you know i love one is cats mm -hmm. uh the other is baked goods okay one of the other yeah this one does not involve both but it does involve baked goods aha uh -huh. oh man I am excited about this one. Yes. Uh, there's a company that's looking to hire someone to watch the newest season of The Great British Bake Off. Oh. And be a baked goods tester. Wow. Ahead of the new season. So you get to eat and watch at the same yeah. time. They basically want you to like go to the store. They give you money to like buy the ingredients, make the stuff. Okay. Eat it like while you watch the show. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I guess rate like whether the food tastes like how they describe it on the show. Okay. <laughs> That's assuming, I'm like, it's assuming that I can make the things that they're actually making on the show. Yeah, but come but on, I bet you could do it. I'm willing to try. That's <laughs> all I'm saying, okay? This is a new term for me, upcycling. I never heard about this till now. It's kind of like recycling where you take something old and you transform it, make it into something new. It's elevated, it's upcycling. And I heard about this term because of this young woman who gained some popularity over TikTok for doing some upcycling, some really unique upcycling. She came in possession of all of her grandpa's shirts after he passed away and she didn't know what to do with them. It's kind of sad, you know? She didn't want to donate them. She didn't want to throw them away. She also couldn't exactly use them. They were like her grandpa's really big shirts. So she got out her sewing tools and upcycled them. She turned them into really cute blouses that she wears and she loves it too because she gets to bring a piece of her grandpa with her when she wears them. And I thought this was so cool and it turns out I actually do this too. I've got a pair of scissors and some needles. Like I'll get crafty with it. It's really fun when we can upcycle. From time to time, I have been convicted that as a good Christian, I need to be well-read, mm, right? Yes, totally. I need to read all of the great Christian teachers and pastors right. and theologians of past super, and present. Super important spiritual yeah, books. So yeah, so I can grow spiritually and emotionally and say yeah. words like, hmm, yes. <laughs> 
reflect and things like that. Exactly. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with reading those books. In fact, that is a really good uh, yes, thing to do. Totally. But I've also become more convinced recently that it's also okay for Christians to read lots of fiction Ooh, books. Yeah. And I think sometimes fiction gets a little bit of a bad rap. It does. Because we're like, yeah. well, we could go read important books. Exactly. That will actually make a difference. Ooh. Or we can go read made up stories. Stories. Like maybe yeah. at the very least, we're like, okay, well, you can read like the Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah. It's a made up story with, with a point. Right. <laughs> but otherwise. With an obvious spiritual allegory. Right. Yeah, you're otherwise. wasting your time, right? Mm, interesting. But yeah. I really don't think that's true. Mm. And I really appreciated uh, something I read recently from Paul Anderson, who made the case for this that okay. Christians should read fiction. And he had two main reasons yeah. beauty and empathy. Mm. On beauty, he says, if you've ever read a book, or watched a movie or a TV show even, you've probably experienced one of those stories that just floored you yeah. with the truth or grace or redemption that was present mm. in those stories. Yes, Stories are art and art. there's a lot of beauty in art. Mm. And then empathy, engaging with fictional characters on a deep emotional level, Anderson says, can be a sort of thought experiment in empathy mm. where we briefly step outside ourselves and engage with people who are both vastly different and also in some ways the same hmm. on an intimate level. Yeah. And obviously we can do that with real life people too. And I'm not saying we should just stay in our rooms all day sure. and only commune with imaginary characters. No. <laughs> but I'm also saying we probably shouldn't overlook the power of stories, mm. both real stories and imagined stories yeah. to move us and to break down our walls and to send us out ultimately wanting to love God and love others mm -hmm. even more. Yeah. When I was younger, I couldn't understand why sports were such a big deal. Everyone talks about their favorite football team or March Madness, and I never got it. A bunch of people chasing a ball. Wow, cool. But now that I've been living in Northwest Arkansas, where everything is woo pig suey and go hogs, I kind of get it. It's a cultural thing, but it might even be deeper than that because even dogs root for their favorite teams. There is a video of a cute little black dog wearing her favorite team's jersey sitting in front of the TV watching a soccer game with her owner and every time they nearly make a goal she sets up to watch and then they miss and then she lays back down until the moment where they finally get the goal and she jumps up and down she's barking she's going in circles and her owner cheers and they're cheering together we all love rooting for the underdog even dogs too I guess So today was vet day, Anson. Took both of the cats in for some vet appointments. Oh, fun. Oh, my goodness. I was so <laughs> stressed out about this Aww. because you know cats. Like, <laughs> cats are... They were stressed out, too. Cats, cats get a little stressed out about yeah. getting out of their home and their routine right. and getting put into cages and in cars. It's rough. It's rough on them. And so I was, I was having all this anxiety and I'm like, you know, of course there's the meowing and the drive over and I'm just trying to comfort them. And You're just feeling all of I'm, the stress that they're I'm feeling, feeling on their behalf. feeling all the feelings and I'm saying to my cat, like, it's going to be okay. <laughs> and I had this thought of like, you know, when you were a kid and your parents said things like, this hurts me more than it hurts uh -huh, you. Yes. And you were always like, no, it doesn't. Right. And I was like, no, really, I think this hurts me just as much as it hurts you, but I'm doing this for your own good, okay? So I feel you, parents, just on a very small level. Uh -huh. 
For the past several weeks, I have encountered a lot of disappointment and frustration. Zoe here with you on Real FM, and I'm in that spot where I'm job hunting, looking for something more full time, and it's a struggle. Like, I knew it was going to be a struggle after I graduated college, but I didn't know how much of a struggle it's going to be. And actually, one of the most encouraging things that I've heard was from Kara, who gave me a little bit more insight into her story after she graduated and the struggles that she encountered. And it's kind of funny how when someone tells you, yeah, it's really hard. I struggled a lot. Here's how I struggled. It's like, hmm, so comforting. The struggle is real. But in a way, it is comforting to know that this is normal. It's okay to struggle. It's okay to constantly be finding this rejection and this disappointment because it's part of life, unfortunately. But maintaining this trust in God, that's what I've been trying to do. That's that's what my hope and my heart has been on is knowing that God is going to be the provider in my life no matter what happens. And, you know, he's going to open the doors one way or another. And that's what I've tried to keep my eyes on, my focus through this entire grueling process just the past several months. And I'm happy to say there is some hope. I've got some interviews. I'm hopeful. I'm a little more optimistic. Who knows what's going to happen? But if you're in a season of struggle right now and it feels so hard, just know the struggle is real. And we're here for you here at Real FM to commiserate. Thanks for listening to the Real FM Rewind. Make sure to check out all of our podcasts on the Real FM app or at real.fm. And don't forget, be kind and rewind. <laughs>